You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for episode two of season thirty of The Amazing Race. Um, or can we change that around? Welcome back to season thirty and episode two of The Amazing Race, U.S. version. Um, what a start to the season it's been. We've been all over the world. We've been stealing ideas from other shows and claiming it as our own. Uh, not just the Oz Network, but also the Amazing Race. Uh, we are here to talk about the second episode of what's going to be a very brief season. And my name is Colin, and I'm here complete with my snacks of Belgium chocolate and Belgium fries. And I'm here with my makeup mirror, even though I don't wear makeup that often. <laughs> Neither do I, um, and neither does Jamie, for anybody who's wondering. Um, no, you probably do wear makeup a little bit more often. She's lying down on the floor three feet from me right now playing some video game with a guy riding a dinosaur. So um, if we have nothing to talk about in this episode, we'll live commentate whatever video game this is she's playing. What video game is it this week, Jamie? Um, it's just a painting. This is Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age uh, Extinction? Inquisition. Inquisition. Have you ever played Dragon Age Inquisition, Rossi? No, but I've played its uh, second cousin, Dragon Age Extinction. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, I knew one of those games uh, would be up your alley. Um, Let's talk about The Amazing Race. Jumping right into it here. We weren't terribly crazy about the first episode. Uh, How are you feeling now in the second episode? Um... I'm I'm liking the season. That is not my issue. I just still think the editing is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I just read too much into it. I just need to sit back and watch and enjoy, maybe. <laughs> but because like uh, like the race has been fine. Like I've had no issues with tasks really. I've had no issues with the teams really. It's just been enjoyable. Like nice season. I think I think it's a good start. I'm hoping for more drama to come but we'll see yeah the editing's definitely the issue i'm having as well uh and we should also say that you know having to cover an episode and go through what you could normally watch an episode i I run into this with jamie all the time we'll go see a movie or we'll watch a tv show i'm like what did you think she's like it was good What, what was good about it i don't know i liked it you know when you have to fill 40 minutes to an hour or like last week an hour and a half you gotta figure out what the issues are um, I think you pinpointed it with the editing on this one. There were some really weird things. Kind of Last week, I believe you mentioned how it feels like there's just this automatic jump to, oh, and now they're in, uh, what was it, Iceland last week? Yep. Yeah, and this week, it was kind of the same thing. It's like, I was expecting some airport stuff. You know, they said, you're off to Belgium, and then they were just there. And it's not just there, just show up there in Belgium, but it's like, they just show up at whatever the next task is. And we don't see them waiting till morning. It's like, well, they're going to have to wait till morning. And then, hey, it's morning. And then they just flash the next task. And it seems like people are in line. And then it's like, hey, we're starting now. It's like, there's there's definitely something that we're missing. Um, the main thing being what were in the bags last week. But, you know, these are the unanswered questions that we have. Um, I could. Can you pinpoint any help, other um, editing issues that I'm missing? Well, um, I did want to jump back on the bags. Mm-hmm. Oh, you found out. I was lis- well, I was listening to um rob with talk to jessica lease about this and they were talking about how maybe because they i don't know if they tell them exactly where they're going to be going Mm -hmm. on the race you know like oh you're going to china brazil or whatever so that they thought theorized that they didn't know they were going to a cold climate 
and didn't pack cold clothes, so they had to go shopping for some winter clothes or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a believable thing that they wouldn't tell them that they're going to a cold climate or whatever. Well, I mean, they anyway. they showed up in Iceland and they went through the entire challenge dressed normally. So, I mean, I don't know if they had to buy... Like, it would seem like an incredible waste of time if they didn't wear those clothes for the colder climate throughout. And then they, they just randomly have these bags after their last task on the way to the pit stop. It's like, all right, I know that this is a race. We have to check in as soon as possible. Otherwise, we're going to lose first place or second place or whatever. Let's stop and get some jackets. I'm, we need some long johns. It's way too cold out here. Um, it's probably a better explanation than anything else. I still, It still seems weird to me. Like Maybe there's another challenge. Who can get the best deal on winter clothes? Uh, what are the winters like where you're from? Um, probably not as bad as what you're used to. Yeah, you know, ours is very, you know, hit and miss. We will go through months where it's well above freezing during the winter. And even right now, it's like, I think it's minus 15 out. Like, there's a difference between Celsius and Fahrenheit, obviously. So uh, whenever we tell Americans it's minus 15 outside, they're like, how are you surviving? Um, Minus 15 is five degrees Fahrenheit. So that's what our temperature is right now. Uh... I had to run outside because I left something in the car. I ran out in shorts and a t-shirt because it didn't bother me. Um, I don't know. Could you run outside in shorts and t-shirt in five Fahrenheit? Probably not. This is why Amazing Race Canada needs to go to Iceland because we wouldn't have to worry about buying our winter clothes or hauling bags around. Um, if we saw the bags in with Canadian contestants, you know that that theory didn't stick. Uh, Jumping into this here, Christy and Jen, obviously when they checked in, I don't know if this was, they were the first place team last week, right? Yeah, they were the first, just ahead of Jessica and Cody. So, I mean, this is, again, part of the problem I have with the editing is that they, you know, wanted to, obviously in the first episode, you want to show this as a really difficult race. They checked in first, and we find at the beginning of this episode that Christy or Jen, I can't remember which one, (laughs) is immediately throwing up. Because of how grueling this race was. Meanwhile, last week we talked about how we saw nothing but just the same scenery over and over again. And there was tons of stuff that, you know, could have made this more interesting. We find out there was something that in- interesting that happened at the end of last week's episode. And for whatever reason, we didn't see it. Uh, but throwing up after coming in first place, I mean, that's that's got to be a first. And you kind of laughed there. Do you have, like, an amusement out of people throwing up? Um, I'm not you who's the... <laughs> That's the word. Gets enjoyment out of others. Burning. Pain or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was so random that, like, we're getting this scene of random skiing woman, I don't know their name, uh, like, throwing up. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, I thought that would be, like, goat yoga throwing up. Yeah. Like, not these athletes. They've ingested too much of their really goat weird. yogurt, and it made them vomit. The skiers, like, these are the athletes, and last week they even tried to say, we're, like, you know, among the best athletes in our sport, and they're throwing up because what were they doing? They were running around drinking, well, maybe that's what it was. It was the Icelandic coffee and uh, olive oil or whatever it was they drank last week. Yeah, the Black Death took its toll. Yeah, I think they even made a comment about that, about the Black Death, so maybe that's what it was. Uh, or they had to run following that, who knows. But yeah, kind of a random scene. I just feel like if we're going to have a scene like that, show it on the episode it's in. It just didn't make sense in this context. Because uh, then they immediately just jump to, you're off to Antwerp, Belgium. Uh, Antwerp does not sound like a nice place to visit. Uh, one cool fact they had on here was that uh, the manufacturing of chocolate. So 10% of the entire population of Belgium makes chocolate for a living. That's kind of crazy. Uh 
I tried to think about anything Canadian that could even come close to 10% of our population doing it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would assume there's some places in America where maybe 10% of the population of Texas works in, you know, the oil industry. I mean, that's probably similar to like Alberta here, but like 10% of Belgians make chocolate. Uh, probably means 10% of Belgians can't stand chocolate as well. Have you ever had Belgium chocolate? Not that I, I'm not sure. I don't, I honestly maybe don't know some sort of knockoff American size version. <laughs> the knockoff American Belgium chocolate. <laughs> yeah, straight from uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, Belgium chocolate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Okay, so they stop at this chocolate shop, which again completely pointless. It was just there to have the the guy holding handing them the clue and to say we're in Belgium. We had something to do with chocolate, and. They didn't even get a piece. Like, yeah, what's the point of that? Exactly. Like, ten percent of the population made this, and they can't take their time to sample it. Uh, it, it this, this is all the weird editing that you were talking about here. It's just jumping all over the place. Uh, and then, well, it was also weird that we got, um, like, in the beginning of the episode, they were like, um, because of limited flights out of Iceland, mm-hmm. we already have flights or for you or whatever flights and a train ride for you. And then why do we get them going to the travel agency to like rush flights <laughs> for them to all be back together again at the chocolate shop all at nine, like at nine o'clock, they were all there. And it wasn't just, it's, it's not just weird editing. It's bad editing in that case, because there's holes all over this. And, and also if we're trying, and I, I can only assume that they're just trying to fill air at this point. There's just for whatever reason, not enough going on on these first two legs, because as you said, they all show up there at the chocolate. Now, we don't have any scenes of, oh, we've got to wait now. They could have just started this as they're there. If they're going to cut straight to Belgium, just cut straight to the chocolate shop or whatever. The even weirder thing was when they get to this roadblock, the sky climb, which looked like it would have been fun to do, kind of like the challenge last week with the uh, the, the letters on the ice blocks. Not the easiest thing to film. Uh, but it looked like they showed up there and they have to pull numbers and they're standing in line. So I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing. And I'm getting frustrated at this point. I'm like, we have them standing in line for the chocolate shop. We have them standing in line here. But then there seems to be no order to it. They take these numbers. They're standing in line. And then it's just everybody goes all at once. So a lot of stuff just seems to be happening. I'm not sure what the rules are. But this sky climb thing looked fun to me. Um, I can't remember what your opinion. I, I'm pretty sure your opinion on heights is not what mine is. Because I would love all these would be the things I'd be most excited to do the height stuff. But uh, the sky climb is that something you do if you ever in Belgium in Antwerp, Belgium? Um, I would try it, but based on the fact that one of the well hung guys was like that was <laughs> the hardest thing, I like the most physically intense thing ever. Like yeah. I have no upper body strength, so I could not do that. Mm-hmm. If he was complaining about it, maybe it's one of those things where like the super like heavier people like. When you're super buff, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more in line with someone like the skiing women or something. Well, because so I mean, maybe I could do it. Yeah, and you're pulling know. up your own weight as well. And I don't. This is where it got really confused me. And I this is why I say I don't think this was the easiest thing for them to film because they mentioned something about how the ladder is being dropped at the same time or it's being raised. To me, it looked like they're pulling this ladder up as you're climbing but i think what they're implying was that they're dropping the ladder so you're sort of climbing against this thing being lowered none of that was clear to me did i just miss something no i thought the same thing it seemed like that the ladder was just gonna like going up into the machine Mm -hmm. and like if you didn't make it to the clue in time before the ladder like if you got 
if the ladder brought you up instead of you bringing yeah. yourself up, I think then you would get like some sort of, you'd have to do it again. Yeah, which I think that would have made it really cool, but maybe just a problem they couldn't film it or just the fact that it never happened. Like this thing moved too slow. I'm sure these te- they test these challenges, but if you're going to set up, this is what you're fighting against. You're fighting against the ladder rising maybe quicker than you are. And you have, a, oh, this is going to be so grueling. How are we going to do this? It Nobody had a challenge with this. They just breezed through it. And again, it looked like it would have been fun to do. There were a couple of cool angles, but nothing was clear on screen as to how this would work. And it never happened that this ladder beat the person up there. What we did have was a few people knocking their clues down before they get up there or the ladder itself knocking the clue down. And another thing that was almost like a false tease is they start to say, oh, I hope this counts. I kind of knock the clue down. So let me just climb to the top, touch it, and then climb down. But there were no penalties. There was nothing. So almost just, again, my assumption that there's not a lot going on early in this race. And they're really struggling to put stuff on TV. So they're like, somebody knock the clue down. It's not against the rules, but let's you know give the audience a little tease here. I mean, I don't blame them because if no one did poorly, like they can't just like, like I give the, I'd rather them just zoom zoom through the challenge just under edit it mm-hmm. then like f- false manufacture all this conflict that's not there yeah. or this intensity that's not there i'd rather them show us more scenes of why people were messing up the printing press mm-hmm. than than this like if it's not going to give us anything then just give over it like and so i guess that's why we have such weird editing at the beginning of the episodes there's nothing there just don't show it like it i don't think it's bad yeah and also, I mean, test the challenges more. And uh, I can't remember who it was we were talking to, or maybe it was an interview I heard elsewhere, uh, where they were saying, like, you know, the, how little time they really have to set these challenges up when they come into these places. I know that they have enough time to at least test these things and maybe test it and speed it up or or something. And, you know, uh, you don't have to manufacture the drama, like you said, but make it more challenging or unless... Every person who's on their their test crew for the you know run uh, the run through of the challenges is just so pathetic they can't climb at all. Um, maybe they just yeah they couldn't figure it out. Uh, just a quick update here before I miss it. The ratings last week were pretty huge for Amazing Race. I don't know if you saw this at all. Um, no, what is it? Uh, well, again, American ratings seven point three three million. And then when you factor in the the DVR, it's like 8.8 million. I can't even remember the last thing. I'll kind of go throughout this episode to look back to see the last time Amazing Race got ratings like that. It had to have been years ago. Uh, And we were sort of talking about how, you know, this show's way bigger in Canada than it is in America. And Canadian networks were okay with dropping it because the X-Files is back. Uh, Looking at last year, the highest rated episode of the year uh, was, when you factor in the DVR ratings, was... 6.73 million which was the premiere so a huge increase on the first episode here from last year and this is a show that's been steadily going downhill so um i don't know they're doing something right or people just have a renewed interest or maybe there's just a lot of alex rossi fans out there or anthony rossi fans who heard he was on the amazing race and now they're all disappointed so the ratings are going to drop in episode two either those seem plausible to you 100 that's the reason (laughs) that has to be it um, a couple little things that happened throughout the episode here, some character stuff. The main one, uh, I already said last week that I think that I think Brittany is the the ocean rescue girl, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah, we know her safe word is pineapple now, <laughs> in case anybody's pineapple. wondering. <laughs> um, and when she threw that out there, you kind of immediately know that's what she's alluding to. Of course, you find out this is their safe word on the race. It's not nearly as interesting, but just playing into the, the vision I'm creating of Brittany being just the most insane girl on the planet, I just love the idea that she has a safe word that she's willing to announce on the air. That's hilarious to me. Um not much else going on here uh, with the roadblock. As we said, no real drama. The detour, we have the Old Print and Diamond Glint. <laughs> These are terrible names. Uh, old Print is the printing press one. So I guess this is a big thing in Belgium. They still use old school printing presses. Or they couldn't find anything else in Antwerp. So they just said, let's have them print. Um, but the second one the diamond glint this one was really hard to explain i try whenever i take notes on this because i know i'll forget i try to get the name of what it is in case i don't have any other notes and we just had a really boring detour and i'll be like oh that reminded me what this one i wrote what it was and then like what the name of it was so old print and then what they had to do which is print a clue diamond glint i still can't figure out what they're doing here it was so overly complicated the way they explained it but i'm guessing the basic the you know, idea is that they had diamonds that are eventually going to go on a necklace and they have to weigh these things and figure out what the value is and it somehow has to match a necklace that hasn't been made. Like, it didn't really make sense to me. Am I explaining this completely wrong? That was my impression, that they just had to... They had three individual diamonds that they had to figure out the worth of them and... See, I didn't even get there was three of <laughs> Well, I noticed that in a lot of scenes that they had three individual ones, so... I'm guessing three was the number. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's, I thought that they were just having to appraise it. That I didn't. I don't think it was too over the top. Uh, either way, it wasn't. I don't think either of these were really that exciting. Uh, and you get this on almost every episode of The Amazing Race. You get one or two challenges. And usually with the detours, you know, the reason they have two detours is because it would probably be too bland just on its own. I think a couple of fun things happen in these. Um, you know the 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 one thing questionable, which I'll mention in a second. Obviously, you mentioned with uh, the mirror with um, Brittany, or that was your opening line. Uh, the twins, I noticed, they printed on their arm. I don't know if they they <laughs> use the printing press and they're using their arm as a cheat sheet. These don't seem to be against the rules. The questionable thing, which I got on the the printing one, was uh, the guy gave the Big Brother team what Cody and Jessica, right? Yep. All right, Cody and Jessica. So he gives them advice. He's like. Okay, so this is what you did wrong. And I don't think I ever see that on Amazing Race. It's usually they're just the judge and they say, nope, you got to do it again. And it doesn't matter. Like last week, some of these people just had the wrong O's or the wrong B's or whatever it was, or P's, and they had them swapped. Now, a guy got a penalty last week for saying to his partner who didn't even know anything about the challenge, pay attention to your P's and your O's or whatever. And here, this guy gave it away to Big Brother. I don't know if this was a one-off thing. I didn't see anybody else getting a lot of advice, but it seems like it makes it a little bit easy when they tell you what your mistake is. Yeah. It depends. Like sometimes that's the one thing that's weird is that sometimes the people running the challenge will, you know, say, Hey, you did this, 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 and this wrong. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes like in the last, the roadblock with the spelling, the woman's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And then just moves on. So it's hit or miss on what these challenges are. I think the, you know, the more straightforward something is, the less likely they're going to say something. All she, all that they had to do was spell a word. This time they're you know, having to put it in the proper order, make sure there's you know alignment correctly. So I 
think that there was a lot more to it, so maybe they wanted to help out. Maybe that was a long time. Maybe they were there longer than we saw, so they were, you know, getting help later on instead of already the first time. Who knows? And when I say this, I'm not, you know, saying, oh, the Amazing Race is... It's kind of like last week. I'm not saying this isn't fair, you know, that they gave the penalty last week for them helping. Same as now. I'm not saying it's not fair that, you know, they gave help to one team or even they didn't do in the other one because... I would assume that the diamond one was a much harder challenge because it's involving math and stuff like that. And people are off by like 10,000 numbers. I mean, so many calculations you could make, but it just seems weird when one team just randomly gets help. But if it was about how difficult the challenge is, I would have thought the diamond one would be much harder. I mean, between these two, which one are you going to excel at more? uh, If either of them. I honestly was going to prefer to do the diamond just because that, the maybe the press seemed easy at the beginning, just like flip it. Mm-hmm. But then, like there, there was issues with the letters weren't all making sense because it's in the different language, and then you have spaces, and you have to have all things aligned. So I honestly would have preferred the diamond because it didn't seem like there were too many steps. It seemed like it was like step by step, especially because you had someone doing it. Like there didn't seem to be an example yeah. at the. Um, printing press one so it seemed like you just had to figure it out on your own yeah the printing press definitely seemed like a nightmare to me there was a lot of the backward stuff and I, I like the, the teams all got kind of clever on how to do it I would have gone with the diamond one as well um, I think for the most part with math I don't really consider myself to be like you know brilliant at math or anything but I'm at least quick about it so like in some of the classes I've been in recently with my school you know, we'll be working in groups and I'll be like, okay, it's this, this, and this. And I come up with the answer really quickly. Maybe my answer is wrong, but you know, I can go through it three times and come up with the right answer before somebody else did. So I'd probably go with that, but neither of these were particularly interesting to watch. (laughs) Did you get any enjoyment out of either of these detours? Um, I thought some of the, I think like there was nothing super crazy, like over on the whole, nothing was like amazingly funny, but I thought there were just a few good moments throughout both. Um, like I thought it was funny that some someone in the diamond was like, I'm just like touching this with my hands, like like my fingerprints are all over this and everything, and then Sarah or April drops it and she like loses the diamond. She's like like a twenty thousand dollar diamond on the floor and Sorry. Um, <laughs> We're American, don't blame us. <laughs> and then just a whole bunch of stuff with the the makeup kid and the guys stamping themselves with the <laughs> press and everything. It was definitely the more entertaining of the two challenges. I think I think there was good moments from everything, so. Well, what about the head-to-head? Because I think this is where we'll spend most of our time talking this week. Face-off. The face-off, yeah. Um, which, as we learned on this episode, the first time in the history of the Amazing Race this has been done. Um, except for probably half a dozen international versions and at least the last three seasons of the Canadian version. Uh, there's so much wrong with this head-to-head. I don't even know where to start. Uh, I don't know if you have a completely different opinion of mine. Just give first. me your thoughts. No, I, I want to hear what you have to say first. Okay, I've got a lot of strong opinions on this. Um, first of all, I know when the face-offs come up on the Amazing Race Canada, we're usually like, well, you know, it could have been done a little bit differently here. Maybe it gave a team an unfair advantage and everything. At least they put it in the middle of the episode so somebody has a chance to recover. I hate that they did this as the last thing on the episode. And I think the idea was that they wanted it to be a race to the finish, which I would get. And if we were to see some of the face-offs that we saw on The Amazing Race Canada, 
you know, like the one that they had in the water, the water challenge and all that, like something that looks really intense and exciting. Maybe that concept works to have it as the very last thing. So you have a literal race to the finish. Um, They had them wear freaking French fry costumes, pushing a dolly with frozen fries on it, an obstacle course. Like this was a big brother challenge. Big surprise. Big brother came in first in this. This was a big brother challenge on the amazing race. And if there was any chance of this head-to-head face-off... Chisney, sorry. <laughs> um, Jamie, did you have a, an opinion on this you wanted to share? I like french fries. I like french fries, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> if there's any chance of this working and creating the suspense they wanted to get out of it as being the race to the finish, you're never going to accomplish them with wearing these ridiculous costumes dressed as french fries. Like, oh, it just stole every bit of excitement out of this. All right, all right. <laughs> but I loved um, Phil's commentary. So I was going to say, we got the 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 Jeff Probst commentary, yeah. <laughs> the, the Phil Kogan commentary. And, like, I feel like that was a little bit better than the, the weird Miss Iceland stuff we had last episode. Yeah. <laughs> of the he's on his couch mm-hmm. we got at least some interesting stuff like i felt like they were chatting together and everything i felt like it was a lot better um i do think that there was a problem the face-off is always going to have a problem except for like wasn't there like bowling in one of the last yeah. seasons for the face-off in canada mm-hmm. so like most of the face-offs are usually physical tasks so i thought it was weird that they put a physical task right at the end um I mean, I can't blame them either just because, like, that, like, um, like what happened to Evan and Henry, yeah. like, does play into it. And I think that makes for a really good, interesting, like, drama. Like, will they be able to out- overcome it or um, will they suffer because they're unable to, like, compete? Um, yeah, I-, I did think it was weird. But, I mean, honestly, the- it didn't eliminate a team that was like doing really well it eliminated the second to last place team on the last episode you know yeah and and that's i mean i'm not upset and i'm usually not upset with like the fairness of a face-off or this shouldn't have happened because you could say let's say if they only did roadblocks once a season people would be complaining oh well this roadblock screwed over a team you know so that doesn't so much bother me it's just if it's being introduced and they built this up, they built it up last week where they even said, we're going to see the first ever head-to-head competition. Uh, This is the best they could come up with. Like the challenge itself was terrible to watch. And and it really did nothing. Like what I love in the Amazing Race Canada is these face-offs. It's kind of like the most exciting thing. And there's so much drama around it. The only real drama was Vank and Ashton (laughs) uh, struggling for seven, which I think if I did my math right on that one, uh, they would have basically been in second place or third, second or third place, you know, if they had passed their first one and they ended up, you know, all the way down at the bottom. That's good drama, but it's not good when you're watching people dressed as French fries pushing a dolly around an obstacle course. Just they're, they're trying to make them look stupid and they're trying to make it silly and fun. And then they're trying to tell you this is all exciting. No, it didn't work for me at all. Uh, I I like the French fry thing. I thought it was fun. Do you like Big Brother? <laughs> no, but I love I love the like 
I thought it was just so ridiculous that it, it was so bad that it was so good. Yeah, but it was bad for the wrong uh, reasons. Um, and I don't think the show intended it to be bad in any way. Like, again, the way that they presented this was, you know, even with Phil's commentary, it's like, yeah, Henry and Evan uh, have lost six straight of these. Are they going to, he's, he's moved. He's, he's, he's for the first time ever, he's cutting somebody off. That stuff was good the way he was selling it but he was trying to sell this as an exciting race and they're drenched as french fries <laughs> pushing dollies on an obstacle course again just no um one other thing i did like i love phil's commentary i think bring that in at some point in every episode you know we love phil on the scene i mean this is taking it to the next level more phil again he's having to fulfill his contract he has a credit now he has to do more work um these eating competitor guys what were their what are their actual names the competitive eaters um team green is that their actual name i don't know i don't okay. i don't know that <laughs> i thought you were being dead serious there let's i don't i don't call know them team competitive eaters were they team chomp was there a, there's a team chomp isn't it then that must be them okay. that makes sense we'll call them team acid indigestion um so these acid guys <laughs> these guys uh, finish and again Phil's loving playing with it like he tried it again this week we got a lot less than we did last week but you know he's talking about you know I ate six pounds of french fries in eight minutes and he's all excited and Phil just turns to Miss Antwerp here and uh, is like does that impress you and she's like eh <laughs> now th- this girl's awesome she's the star of the episode because he's trying really hard to get her into it she's not even being polite she's like ah, oh, it's kind of disgusting actually <laughs> Uh, at least one fun moment we're getting. I mean, these guys are going to be one of the fun teams on the race. We'll, we'll cover them on the end there. But uh, was that the only Phil interacts with the locals moment? Or was there another one, another team checked in that I missed? Um, I'm not, nothing's coming to me right now. I didn't note anything except for like, maybe they had some weird a conversation with Jessica and Cody, but nothing really with jessica and cody uh we'll run through the teams here i guess start to finish uh unless there's anything else in the french fry dolly cart challenge you want to talk about um i i did like great henry's wipeout was spectacular though right at the finish line yeah that was great uh and it looked like it hurt but again when it's like oh is he gonna did he cross the finish line he's gonna be able to make it and meanwhile i think it was april or you know somebody he was up against they're like halfway through the course, so there's not much suspense, but at least it looked cool when he wiped out. Uh, if only he was on a surfboard when he wiped out, that would have made it better. Um, anything else that I missed in here you wanted to talk about? Um, uh, nothing. Nothing really. All right. Um, Cody and Jessica, Team Big Brother, first place. Last week, I loved the humbleness that they had, but also the fact they said, we can only go up from here. And they actually did their first place. They are so super competitive, but they're so calm. Uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, for people who are on, I mean, maybe being on Big Brother helps because, you know, you're living with somebody for three months. I mean, you're just going to learn all their annoying quirks and everything. But, like, I don't see them fighting on this race. And I almost wish that we would get a little bit more personality-wise out of them. But at the same time, I love the really competitive teams, and I don't think they're boring to watch. They've, they've definitely been good so far. But I don't know. Are they going to be your bet on who's going to just dominate for this entire race? Um, so far, they seem to be dominating. They have a first and second place finishing position. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't seem to struggle with any of these kind of like... They do well at the physical. They do well at the more niche, phys- uh, like, te- like you know, 
sitting down tasks, you know, that they do well at all things. So I'm guessing they're going to be one of the more dominant teams this season. But like, like I say about almost, I'm probably going to say this about every team, like any <clears throat> one challenge or one U-turn could set them way off. Yeah. So I could see them also coming in like sixth or fifth in an upcoming leg just because it was something was extra tough or something or being eliminated early because they're such an outwardly strong team. Uh, here's something that I'm going to be saying a lot throughout the rest of these teams. Cedric and Sean, former NBA players, team slam dunk. I got nothing new from them this week. They were just sort of there. But what a comeback yeah. from last week. Indefinitely an impressive comeback of from their last performance of their O's and P's or whatever. <laughs> Um, next week will be the big sh- tell mm-hmm. if that was which was the fluke are they going to be next episode eliminated Megan and Courtney style or are yeah. they going to continue on um, that and another team are kind of hard to tell where they're going to end up so but yeah no real personality I don't even remember any I cannot remember anything they did except for the french fries and again these are famous guys they should stand out they're huge you know, these are massive guys, so you should notice them on the episode. And I think it was halfway through the episode when they popped up. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're still there. You know, I almost I re- didn't even remember everything that happened last week. But uh, Christy and Jen, I, they had that nice moment at the beginning. Other than that, I kind of feel the same as Cody and Jessica. I don't know if that's part of the problem with these. This is why, you know, we talk about Justin and Diana. One of the reasons Justin and Diana stuck out so well as a team, because usually when you get these really great teams, you're not going to see as much of them because they're done the race you know, halfway through the episode. And when you just dominate week after week, there's no drama. You're not fighting because you're not failing. And those end up being kind of the invisible teams a lot of the times as the ones at the top. Uh, Christy and Jen, I kind of see the same way that they're they're going to be a little bit invisible. Justin and Diana were like such big personalities that they broke out of that. But uh, I don't know, Cody and Jessica and Christy and Jen, I can appreciate how competitive they've been and how well they've done so far. Um, but not a lot of personality outside of vomiting at the beginning of the episode. Uh, yeah, there was no real interesting moments with them. What detour did they even do? I can't remember. Uh, whatever they did, they were over and done it in a matter of seconds. Apparently, I can't remember either. Yeah, I don't know. They were. They were. Yeah, they were only really shown in the beginning with her throwing up and then them sort of going to the travel agency and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully we'll get some kind of intensity, or not intensity, personality from them coming up. We'll see. Uh, this one, second week in a row, fourth place. Uh, something new I noticed here, just looking at the team names. Well Hung, as we've been calling them, Trevor and Chris. Uh, it says their relationship is dating violinists. Now, first of all, this goes all the way back to, I think, Blake and Paige. Maybe it wasn't Blake. Blake and Paige were the brother and sister, weren't they? Oh, oh God, that's an old... That's, yeah, uh, there was two, like, kind of, you know... Way back. Well, in the early seasons, there were two teams that I always confused with each other who were kind of like the the nice, you know, uh, all-American uh, do-gooders or whatever. There's Blake and Paige. There's another one where I, all I remember was that, I think it was season three or season four, and it said dating virgins, which was just hilarious that virgins is what you identify them as. But it just always felt weird to me. It says, are they both dating virgins themselves or are they to collectively dating virgins? Uh, Trevor and Chris, has the show identified that these two, these two are dating? I don't... It says dating violinists. I don't think that's even been acknowledged on the show. 
No, cause it was so confusing in the preseason stuff because it said that they were living together. But that was all they said. It was just like they're living together. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, that could either mean they're dating or it could either mean they're like really good friends and roommates. One of them's sleeping on the other one's couch. (laughs) Yeah. And they never really said that. And I didn't know, where is this? I didn't even know that this was published because I didn't, like, I had no idea that that was even a thing. Like, I had speculated, is that a thing for them? Mm -hmm. But the show has never said anything about their relationship but maybe they're also doing really well so they're not really getting shown maybe yada, they're yada, also yada. both just dating outside violinists and it's just a confusing name <laughs> okay well i think that they wouldn't say because um henry and evans thing says dating debaters and i don't think they're both <laughs> dating a different debater well maybe lucas and Brittany both date other lifeguards and it's just how do you what what is your relationship we both date lifeguards yeah, but uh, we if both it, date like, Cody, <laughs> But Cody and Jessica just says dating. It doesn't say dating Big Brother housemate. It probably should. Why are they just dating and everybody else has to be dating and then their profession? I mean, it says what's your relationship. Dating is all of their relationships. Dating debaters. Like, there's a lot of people who date who do the exact same thing for a living. Anyways, they're well hung. They're in fourth place two weeks in a row. It's working for them. <laughs> Yeah, we can't really fault anything yet. They've not done poorly. They've done well. So, also, you know, your cousin Rossi there and Connor, um, two weeks in a row, fifth place. I mean, this is basically the exact same, with the exception of two teams who kind of just radically switch positions. This is basically the same rankings, or maybe one spot removed as what we had last week. Uh, I think the only new thing we got with uh, Alex and Connor this week was when they were saying they're going to have an advantage because they drive for a living. And then whoever they were up against is like, I don't know if driving a car, if those skills really carry over to pushing a dolly full of French fries, just in a French fry costume, which I thought was a fun moment. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just kind of stuck in the middle. And I think this is the, the highly publicized team going in where you'd expect they would be a little more dominant. I'm not saying they're doing bad, but they're just, they're stuck in the middle for some reason. They're not really pulling ahead. Yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't even matter if those skills translate because they were going against Henry and Evan, who were not doing yeah. anything <laughs> spectacularly. So I don't know if they're trash talking. Like, I don't know if these skills translate. Like, they, they lost anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but like looking at the, um, I'm looking at the finishing placements and it's really weird. It's like mirrored almost. Mm-hmm. We've got Cody and Jessica staying at like first and second. We have two teams that, like kind of flip-flopped Henry and Evan did really well the first one did really poor this one and Cedric and Sean the opposite we have Trevor and Chris um, and Alex and Connor at the exact same spot Lucas and Brittany and the the competitive eaters literally switched mm-hmm. so they were 7th and 6th and then they were the exact opposite the sa- next episode so it's like re- this weird thing that's happening and then obviously the goat yogas did 10th twice mm-hmm. So it's just weird the way that the race is stacked up so far. Yeah, I mean, nobody's really overtaking. And I think that's partly one of the other problems I have with this episode is that the challenge was structured in a way where because it's like you have to wait and everybody starts at the same point and everything was a little bit easy, there wasn't a lot of switch-ups. And the switch-ups that we would have seen were ruined by this head-to-head at the end because what actually happened and yeah you kind of looked at it and said well it was good drama that one team kept losing but in a way it wasn't because it didn't do anything to change the race other than you know this one team 
switch places and got moved down. Van Ashton there got moved down so much. Um, nothing changed on the race, so I don't know if it succeeded or not. Um, Lucas and Brittany... I mean, Brittany really is nuts, uh, and I'm just waiting for that inner serial killer to break free from her. Uh, she had the the mirror thing. She had, you know, the, the safe word coming out. Uh, she, in a way, reminds me of Jamie, just that she seems all nice and, you know, uh, friendly and everything. And every once in a while, she says something where you're like, uh, I'm not sure if I thought this through, getting into a marriage with this woman. Um, hey. She might snap one day. Hey. Hey, you got a safe word. Is it pineapple? <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> um, no, I'm saying that in a good way because I think Brittany's awesome. But uh, yeah, there's there's like an underlying sinister part of her where it's like you don't want to mess with her. And I'm just waiting for that to come out. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into Brittany at this point. No, I I think she's great. She's got such like the, she, she just has those one liners in the episode that you're just that are so great. She had that last one about. I will haunt you for the rest of your yeah. life. <laughs> and then this one about the makeup kid and everything. And, and she did the Macarena in the middle of the, the square. I don't know if you caught oh, that. Oh, I missed that. She was just doing the thing while Lucas is doing the task. She's just, she's just great. I want to see more of them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the team, the Blair and Haley equivalent of this season is like tempered. It's, it's weird that they have, they had that minor conflict about the cab and then all of a sudden it was dissipated later. Like it's interesting to see Safe words came out. how, well, how they proceed if they're going to stay explosive or they're going to kind of rein it in when it needs to be. I like the comparison with Blair and Haley. This is, this is like if Haley had beaten him into submission <laughs> and he was just whipped beyond belief, this is kind of what the relationship would be like by now. Another one here. Here comes my repetitiveness. Uh, I like that one moment they had on the end with the girl kind of snubbing them, but Joey and Tim, they were just sort of there. I forgot they were in this race until they just sort of popped up halfway through. They did have a good moment in the beginning where I don't know which who's who. Like these, the amazing race is awful at this. I don't yeah. know who's which person is which. Um, who's Henry? Who's Evan? I, oh, and, uh, Colin, don't throw me off. <laughs> They're wizards. Who's Joey? I, Who's doesn't Tim? Matter. Um, but one of the guys was yelling, like, run faster, run, run, run. Like being a drill sergeant mm-hmm. for them. But, you know, they were kind of invisible. Um, except they took so long at the diamond thing. But anyway. Were they, they the ones they were, that switched? Who who switched? Was it them or was it the, the firefighters? The twins were the ones that switched. Yeah. And it almost cost them the race, so. Um. um what about Van and Ashton part two? Uh, I've, I've kind of covered everything that happened to them on this race. I mean, they were, I guess, the main characters here. I don't know if I really like them more coming out of this. It's it's more just a little bit embarrassing to watch and sad, but uh, I don't dislike them. It's just I didn't, I didn't find that them really dominating this episode made them any more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I think I, there's not much to say about them except... I did say this last episode when we were talking about it that they could either go either way. Like I could see next episode them like bombing at the ta- with a certain task, and here they are like failing at a certain task. Um, so it's all, like next episode will be the big tell mm-hmm. if they can rebound and succeed, 
or they'll just fizzle out and be eliminated soon. Um, here's another one here. Oh, it's getting really disappointing with these guys. Uh, Eric and Daniel, the twin firefighters, such a great gimmick coming into this. They're firefighters. They're twins. I don't even know if I can, this is going to be the Kelsey and Joey, right? You got it right. I knew Joey and I was trying to remember the other one. This is going to be the Kelsey and Joey where they show up in an episode and I'm like, is this a team? Which ones are they? And it's going to be halfway through the season. Um, They're just doing nothing for me. Yeah, they're. I honestly, are, they're probably going to be the next eliminated team, mm-hmm. unless something really goes crazy with another team, like a a U turn detour kind of mess up. Um, but I don't see them like, unlike some of the other teams that we've seen, like Kelsey and Joey and other winners, they've at least kind of like done well. Like Kelsey and Joey did really well post the first two episodes. Like they're always in the top, but like I don't see this team ever rising to the top. Like I, I don't see them like kind of really excelling at any sort of task. I'm struggling to remember anything about Kelsey and Joey on their season. <laughs> I knew the name when you said um, it, but when you said they finished at the top, I'm like, did they? Were they on the oh, first half of the season? Stats. I was that's why I referenced them because you brought them up. I'm just looking at their race course history. They only did poor in the first two episodes. Oh, okay. I would never remember, but that. I, but I don't see that. I don't see these twins doing that. Like they just seem, they just seem destined to not succeed at the race. Um, here's another one that didn't succeed at all: Goat Yogurt, <laughs> April and Sarah. They kind of had the one dramatic moment in the first episode, and then nothing really happened this week because they started getting along again. Um, if you want to make, you know, uh, a winning team for the Amazing Race definitely don't get along because it didn't work for them. Not, it didn't work for them last week either. I mean, they were second last last week, last this week. Uh, I kind of have the same feeling. I don't I don't think I'll ever... I'll remember goat yoga just because it sounds bizarre. It's not that I know what goat yoga is, but I will remember that. I will probably never remember them as a team. Yeah. Well, I love their gimmick, but then they didn't really do anything about it. Like they were just kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they had their one thing, but that was it. Their one fight is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the one like fight in that first episode, but then they like kind of fizzled out. Like I was kind of sad. I wanted to see more of their gimmick. Yeah. I wanted to see more of them um kind of succeed kind of, at least something. I wanted to see more personality. Like all we got this episode was she dropped the thing on the floor. And we didn't like, even get a good recipe for how to make goat yogurt. Like, give us no. something, people. And we still don't even know what goat yoga is. <laughs> um, well, let's go through a few facts that we know here about April and Sarah. Uh, first of all, as far as preseason predictions go, you and I are tied for points this week because you picked them to finish in ninth place. They finished in tenth, and I picked them to finish last, and they finished one spot higher. So, I mean, you're still in the lead because of the fact that you called last week much closer than I did. Um, mm-hmm. I think we completely tied this week. We're going to do, a, week by week, we'll also do a point system on the end of the season to see who is more accurate all around. But uh, you're ahead overall, dead even this week. No surprise they're gone. Uh, I wanted to do this last week with Desi and Kayla. Uh, it slipped my mind. Maybe we'll go through some facts on them too. But let's uh, just quickly go through 
some April Gould and Sarah Williams facts here. Uh, both 39 Ooh. years old, uh, owners of Arizona Goat Yoga. And woo. woo, just everything I say, woo. Um, Instagram at April Gould Ninja. Woo. Woo. Uh, from Gilbert, Arizona. Boo. <laughs> Not a fan of Arizona. Um, by the way, visit them at goatyoga.com, by the way. Uh, just one quick fact here, I guess, about each player. So April, I don't know which one is which. Um, if I'm looking at a picture left to right, April is the short one here. Uh, if I'm wrong, come on the show and let us know, Goat Yogurt. Uh, favorite hobbies. So I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, favorite hobbies of April are... I'd love to do anything adventurous and outdoors. I was a professional water skier, so I especially enjoy barefoot water skiing, which sounds really painful, uh, wakeboarding, and wake surfing, as well as circus flying trapeze. <laughs> Are these all things she does? Circus flying trapeze, acrobats, and stilting. I also love traveling, hiking, rock climbing, mountain biking, rollerblading, snowboarding, and scuba diving. Uh, if she had like barefoot french fries on a dolly on an obstacle course on here, I'm sure that we wouldn't be talking about them right now. That's a whole lot of skills, and none of them applied to the face-off this week. Um, second one of the team, Sarah. How was that I had here? Um, what scares you the most about traveling? I used to be worried I wouldn't be able to talk to people, but after going to Europe and China, I realized there's something every someone everywhere that speaks a little English. <laughs> uh, I mean, how long you have to look around until somebody speaks English? I don't know. And what excites you most about traveling? The best part of traveling is meeting new people. When you have friends around the world, you'll have places to stay around the world. So she's just looking for couches to crash on, which is funny. Uh, one more here for her. I, I, I just wasn't sure what this is. And it's probably some, you know, advertisement, you know, there in Mesa or um, uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, place you most want, to, most want to visit is Ireland. Ever since I was a little girl, I saw the commercial for 1-800-SHAMROCK. And have wanted to go to Ireland. Do you know what one eight hundred Shamrock is? No. Apparently, it's like I don't know a travel agency or something that just goes to Ireland. Um, oh. I looked up one eight hundred Shamrock, and it just leads me to Ireland vacations in Ireland. Uh, but, is it better than um? What is the Canadian one use? Air the Asian travel thing. That oh they yeah, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but yeah. The, uh, the famous only to Asia Canadian travel, 1-800-SHAMROCK, yeah. 1-800-ASIA. Uh, but no, I just wondered if that was a real thing. I mean, sure, it is a real thing. I'm not doubting its validity in the real world, but uh, obviously you haven't heard of it. Um, uh, maybe we'll get to Desi and Kayla some other week. I already forget who they were. <laughs> That's pretty much it for this week. Rossi, do you want to buy this one, rent it, or bin it? Um, I'm going to rent it because of the French fries. <laughs> Just because you like french fries? No, because I love the costume. Oh, and that's exactly why I'm going to bin this episode. <laughs> it ruined it for me. I mean, all around, it wasn't the most exciting episode for me. I kind of was struggling halfway through, but I'm like, you know, it's 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 not all bad. Uh, that head-to-head just killed any excitement this episode, made everybody look stupid, and I just, I'm scratching my head right now. So I'm binning this one. Uh, that's two bins in a row for me for Amazing Race Season 30. Going back to the ratings, though, for a second... Uh, just look at the last time that they had ratings over like 7 million 
it was season 24 and season 24 ratings were like very consistently over 8 million 8.5 million 9 million uh even this past episode was pretty high for amazing race i mean episode one was 7.3 million episode two 6.98 million so basically 7 million so something has boosted the ratings here it may or may not be rossi uh and his fan base tuning in um but i don't know if it was me after watching these first two episodes i don't think i'm that excited for the third one i'm sure it's going to get better but i don't feel like this season's off to the greatest start you never know colin it will change your mind drastically when when there's three teams eliminated in one in the next episode when Brittany kills two of the other teams before the next episode begins i'm sure it'll get exciting uh, exactly. What is the next episode? I, I didn't actually watch the preview for next week. Did they show where they're going? Things are going to Morocco, from what I saw on Wikipedia. That's fun. <laughs> that actually is fun. I'm not joking or anything. Uh, That's fun. Yeah. Antwerp to Tangier, Morocco. No, that actually will be fun. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people there. At least one person there who speaks English. Um, <laughs> well too bad what's your face isn't going to be there to experience it yeah yeah no that's such a tragedy <laughs> um but that's it for us this week uh what other stuff do we have coming up this week uh well if you listened yesterday jamie and i are almost caught up on star trek discovery and we also hated that episode so we're on a roll here let's see if we can go uh three for three for hating episodes also jamie and i saw the liam neeson movie the commuter last night are you a fan of liam neeson rossi um there's only one no, right answer no. there's only one right answer no yes oh. no oh rossi um we're gonna have to sub you sub somebody in for you next week no we saw the new liam neeson movie commuter and uh we should have a review for that in the next 24 hours as well ben has a lot of nip tuck and uh lost interviews coming out including one last week with kim raver rossi are you a fan of kim raver yes you are actually do you know who that is yes okay. uh, she was on 24 and now she's on designated survivor yes there you go um also apparently on third watch a show that only ben and his two co-hosts watch <laughs> yeah we don't cover that we don't cover the oz network is dropping our coverage of third watch now that we've had kim raver on the show uh but uh other than that i don't know what other interviews he has lined up just so there's more of these third watch and and or lost people um and we're gonna be starting our olympics month coming up so it was gonna be i think we announced first up was gonna be cool runnings but instead ben and i are gonna do kind of an extended episode on i Tonya in the next few days um which will be instead of the typical spoiler free reviews it's gonna be i guess including spoilers mostly because it's a true story and there's no sense in being like well we don't want to tell you what happened to nancy kerrigan's knee so <laughs> We'll go into a little bit more detail and get excited for the Olympics. Um, Rossi, any shows coming up that you want to tease that we might be covering, which I think you and I have decided on will actually happen? Um, yeah, there is something going in the works. It is airing soon at the end of this month. Or, yes, airing, not filming. Airing <laughs> at the end of the month. Um, it's something that we've covered in our um, random episode recaps. So maybe go back and listen to all those and see which one is going to come back soon to television. Impractical Jokers. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the same episode. We're just going to recap that episode again and again. Yeah, exactly. Until Ben, until ben loves it. It's a clockwork orange for Impractical Jokers with Ben to get him to eventually 
love this show. Uh, but no, we will have one more new show that we'll be covering pretty soon. And Rossi, you're going to be kind of taking the lead on that one and uh, hosting it. And... Practical Jokers, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> or Charmed or something else. Um... <laughs> Third Watch, I'm taking over Third Watch. That's right, Ben's out, Rossi's in. Um, but uh, yeah, a new show should be coming probably within next month. And uh, just continue to listen to the ones we're covering now, uh, all the Nip Tuck, Third Watch and everything and uh star trek discovery amazing race and eventually survivor whenever that makes its way back uh rossi thank you for joining us this week uh and jamie we thank- one more segment what what segment are we missing we forgot the oh! Kristen tweet of the week yes all right so take it away <clears throat> rossi we had our jamie sneeze of the week so now we need the Kristen tweet of the week <clears throat> so once again her name is Kristen. she's at on twitter she's at k-r-i-s-t-a-n-x-m-a-r-i-e if you want to follow her um, this uh, selection of tweets was a lot less than last week, even though it was only two <laughs> last week. <laughs> we only have one this week, and that would be the IndyCar guys would be the douche bros of the season <laughs> if they were better at the race. Hashtag amazing race. Um, well, I agree with her. They're not very good at the race so far, but there's nothing douchey about those guys. I, what would be your pick for the douche bros of the year? Um, of the year? Well, I mean, this is the only season we're going to get this year, so the the season. Um, I don't know. There really is not like no one's standing out. I mean, this the closest season. would probably... Ken and Ryan from the Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> I was thinking like Cedric and Sean are probably going to be the closest because they argued with Phil already. But uh, no, leave Rossi. Kristen has something against Rossi here. This isn't fair, Rossi. You're going to fight back with a tweet next week done okay or this week don't even wait because she'll forget what we're talking about uh so there's our Kristen tweet of the week jamie thank you for your sneeze of the week whatever Whatever. (laughs) uh we will be back uh hopefully within the next seven days to cover episode three we go to morocco uh my name is colin and uh my safe word is dragon age exhibition and i'm rossi and Drop my french fries. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.